0: It's been an awakening. Can you feel it? Is over. The monsters in my head of love. So They've doubted us for 20 years. You've never heard of our players. We're just too young to win. As a model, doesn't bring trophies.
1: Dallas. Uh, the 2016 Lamar Hunt US Open Cup winners. They have done it. FC Dallas have won the MLS Supporter Shield.
0: Do we have your attention? 2017 we defend together attack with furious speed and strike with authority we sing it we feel it we live it deep in the heart welcome to fcd talk episode 18 i'm ben
1: and this is Preston. ben how you doing it's been a couple weeks since we've talked
0: yeah yeah we skipped a week I was out of town, but we are back at it, and we got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about in this show.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff has happened uh, within the last week, a lot of rumors, a a new deal happened, uh, a couple games. Uh, It's been been busy.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it has been. So, let's get into the signing. You just brought that up, and there was a re-signing of an extension uh, I my probably better way to say it of Jesse Gonzalez. And there was a lot of speculation of him possibly leaving this summer. I know that was a, a, a huge kind of story that you were backing. Uh, and now to see him get an extension, what's your thoughts? I know we were both talking like we were both scratching our head, wondering how, how did this happen? and why but it looks like he's gonna be staying for a while
1: you know i'm conflicted um i love jesse i feel like that he has a lot of upside uh but some of these goalkeepers that we were rumored with uh actually made me pretty excited we were linked with uh william yarrow who plays for club leon down in mexico uh, Yarborough had the most clean sheets out of anybody in the Clausura uh, this last season. So that, with Mexico being the most competitive league uh, in North America, that would have been a huge uh, statement of intent by FC Dallas in signing one of the top goalkeepers in Mexico. So that, to me, that would have that would have excited me. That would have brought uh, a lot of excitement to Dallas as well. But Jesse got a huge pay raise with this new contract. Uh, with that, he's no longer technically considered a homegrown player. Uh, he's now like full-on senior roster. He's going to be making around two hundred seventy-five thousand this next uh, this with whenever this new contract kicks in, which will put him uh, around the the pay grade of Kellen Acosta and Walker Zimmerman, and just under Matt Hedges. So. Uh, Dallas is putting their money where the mouth is. They want to keep Jesse for a long time, and I do think that this contract is also to help lock down Jesse because he has been—he is a very popular goalkeeper and uh, is would definitely be beneficial for teams down in Mexico and probably quite a bit of teams in Europe as well. So, uh, whether this will settle down rumors or this will get Dallas a larger transfer fee because it's a it'll be a five-year contract that they're buying instead of a one-year contract. So uh, there's, there's plenty to be seen still. But as of right now, Jesse Gonzalez is locked down for the next five years, and that's something to celebrate.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And his play, he's played really well. And obviously, he's taken the job from Chris Sykes. So he's done what we've wanted him to do. Uh, he's done what I think a lot of fans were expecting of him, but I agree with you. I think part of this with the interest with other goalkeepers also was a way for them to raise up the price. Uh, the Argentinian go. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yarbrough, I believe actually re-signed with his club and that kind of pushed up the price for him. So, Maybe it was really just a a kind of a push-pull and a way to rise up the price uh, and and look like it worked on his behalf and probably on uh, Gonzalo's behalf. Because I don't think if they didn't get this extension, I think to your point, he would have been gone.
1: Oh, for sure. And, I mean, there's been a whole lot of speculation really since the offseason if Jesse was going to stay or not. And I'm still not completely convinced that by the time that this season is over that these rumors are going to die down. I, I do have a feeling that he will be gone by next season. Um, I, I just have a gut feeling about that. I, I don't have any sources to back it up, but more so just a gut feeling. And I feel like that we're paying him quite a bit for a player who's only played 36 professional games to have that kind of a pay raise. Uh, that's... I, that bugs me a little bit.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point. I mean, he doesn't have the, I think the experience that you would want him to have for him to get this type of payday, but it looks like they reached, it looks like they are going to pay him what they believe he should have. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I mean, once we get to the end of this year, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see where he goes if he stays, or what happens exactly. So, but we sure. we've been linked. We've been linked to so many different goalkeepers this week, like you said, Yarlborough, another guy, uh, Jorge Braun, uh, Argentinian, and also uh, Bayer Munich, Manuel Neuer. So, oh
1: no, that one was a joke. That was a complete that was a joke. Joke. ignore that. <laughs> Do you- whoever's listening do not listen to that that was a joke that was a joke tweet <laughs> <laughs> so but I
0: think to that point there were so many different names kind of thrown out there I could see how that was thrown out as a as a joke on that one sure yeah uh so let's let's talk about the game uh, the previous game against Houston, and we've been on a tough stretch right now. Uh, no wins in the last four games. Couple of injuries that we'll talk about. Couple of call ups. So there's a lot uh, that that is kind of standing on this next game, and a lot that happened against Houston. And once again, you're tuning in to FCB Talk, which you can find on the All In Sports Talk app, as well as on SoundCloud. All In Sports Talk, and we're featuring beats on this show by the Passion Hi Fi, the Passion Fi dot com. So Houston, you know, it ends in a draw, nothing nothing. Um but the biggest highlight from this game is Mario Diaz returning to the field, his first appearance in 2017. So even though we didn't win, even though we we, we it wasn't a, a a kind of a splash performance, that to me was the biggest news out of this game?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, DS has been out for since October. So, however long that is, math is hard for me right now. It's what six or eight months. Uh, oh. That's that's a long time, and uh, he's nowhere near full fitness. I think it was seen. Uh, he wasn't as involved as he normally is, but getting him meaningful minutes—he played about twenty minutes, roughly. Uh, that's something to celebrate about the more he plays uh the cleaner his game is going to get the sooner we'll see we'll get him back to full full strength i still don't believe that we will see diaz at his full capacity until uh next until probably next season just because whenever you rupture your achilles it's going to take a long time to get back to your full self so we'll probably see Diaz at probably about seventy or eighty percent capacity, which will still make him one of the best playmakers in the league. Uh but we won't unlock the magical unicorn that Mauro Diaz is until probably twenty eighteen.
0: Yeah. Um
1: also, I know we're not
0: necessarily talking about Chicago, but Walker Hume made his debut against Chicago and also, Roland Lamar scores his first goal. We've been extremely hard on this guy. So, <laughs> for him to finally get a goal, uh, that, I had to mention that. I think that was a kind of a monumental monkey off the back for him. And I think the rest of the season we'll see. Uh, but FC Dallas defense records his fifth shutout uh, in its 12th match in 2017. So, that's a positive also there. Jesse Gonzalez with several key stops he was actually voted for the MLS save of the week I'm not sure if he actually won that or not but that that just shows what we have and the potential that we have in this kid so
1: for sure I mean looking at the Houston game it was really a battle of the goalkeepers between Gonzalez and Tavo Derrick both of them put out unbelievable saves and it was It was a game of which goalkeeper was going to be better. And Derek made some incredible stops. Uh, Christian Coleman looked like he was really going to get his first goal of the season. And uh, if it wasn't for Derek, he would have gotten it. If it was any other goalkeeper on any other day, Coleman would have gotten his first MLS goal. But it was great goalkeeping on both sides. It's not going to be a game that was hailed as a Texas Derby classic but it will be known as a game of great goalkeeping because you're not going to see many games where you're going to see uh stellar goalkeeping on both ends of the field. Uh, so that's, in my opinion, is a great defensive performance on both ends.
0: Yes. Now let's get to the bad news. Walker Zimmerman defender for FC Dallas will be out for the next four to six weeks. Reportedly with an MCL sprain. If anybody's seen that highlight of that play, the way his knee bent, I honestly thought he tore his ACL. The way it looked, it it, it was bad. It was bad. So four to six weeks, it it could always be worse. Uh, So my biggest question, with you being the, the FC Dallas expert here, uh, who's who's going to be stepping in to replace him, and <laughs> who's going to be backing that person up? That's the most interesting, I think, part of this injury. Hate to see him go down with this injury, but that, to me, I think is the the biggest story of of that of this injury on Zimmerman.
1: Can we bring Zach Lloyd back from Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> uh, too late, I think. Yeah, uh, well, perfect world. Man, I really wish that Ryan Hollingshead was getting more minutes uh, recovering from his injury. Because right now, we've only seen him play about five minutes of MLS play this season. If that was the case, I would move Ryan Hollingshead to left back. I'd bring in Minor Figueroa, bring him in at center back, and God. Atiba, Atiba had a good game coming in for Walker been uh, so Since Hollingshead isn't at full fitness, I feel like our only real options... Uh... What I would like to see... This is tough. It's definitely a tough choice because we're really going to be testing our depth. But I'd like to see Atiba Harris and Aaron Guillen. Uh, I feel like that Guillen has more to offer than Walker Hume. Uh, Hume looked... He looked nervous. Uh in his game against Chicago, Guillen is he's been with the team for a while. He's more comfortable with the team and has played more professional minutes. Uh, so whenever it comes down to, to a depth emergency, I'd bring in the guys that have the most experience. Um, that even being said, I may even bring in Monroe Figueroa centrally play Monroe Figueroa and Atiba Harris and put Aaron Guillen at left back.
0: Okay. And but I, I- they I think speed. that makes sense, you know Walker Hume, who who is a rookie, and yeah, he did look nervous. So putting him in, maybe almost setting him up for, for failure, and maybe even kind of hurting his confidence, I think as well. So I think Aaron Gim, I uh, definitely think he'll be getting some run. Of course, like you mentioned, Atiba Harris, uh, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting because we haven't been in this spot before. Uh, and going to have to figure it out quick because we got a game coming up this Saturday. So tough decisions yeah. to make.
1: Uh, I would not want to be in prehas shoes right now, uh, because this injury could not have come at a worse time with Matt Hedges being on international duty. Right. And yeah, as
0: we, we get into previewing the upcoming game versus real salt, Lake, yeah, let's, let's touch on that. We've got, Walker Zimmerman, who's out with the MCL. Uh, Paxson, Paul Cow ankle sprain. We got Coy Craft on loan, a Chala on loan. And then we have Matt Hedges and Kellen Acosta on international duty. Uh, first of all, let, let's congratulate them for the opportunity to uh, be able to get to that next level and uh, to get the call up. So first of all, congratulations to them. That is going to though affect the team.
1: And uh, those are two of our <laughs> best players. So I completely forgot that Figaro's on international duty, so we can't even play him this weekend. Right. Honduras. Yeah, I forgot about that. I uh, I don't like this. This is gonna <laughs> be- Thankfully <laughs> we're playing the worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now
0: and and Tesho is supposed to be I don't know if he's I think he now, got I don't called know, up I too. About I don't that, know because if that one's
1: we have, official. We have more depth up front right now, so I'm I'm okay with Tesho being with Canada. Okay,
0: yeah. So, yes, to that point, we are playing Real Salt Lake this upcoming Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Real Salt Lake has 15, uh, excuse me, 14 points. Uh, they and in their 15 games played, and obviously we're at 20. And in our previous match, we we beat them like they sell something, three nothing. So I think this match going in already, I think we have a confidence going into it. But obviously, we, we cannot overlook any team, especially when we're going through our own struggles. So they're four nine and two. Uh, we're five two and five. I, I believe we're going to get the win. Uh, it's just a matter of how it all goes down. But I don't think
1: we're going to go and continue this uh, winless streak, for sure. I agree. I think we have a good chance of winning it. Uh, I can't remember if Kyle Beckerman got called up to World Cup qualifiers. I don't think he did. So he may be available. But uh, one thing to note for Real Salt Lake is Brooks Lennon is on international duty with the U-20s. Uh, shout out to him, he actually got a goal in their round of 16 match against New Zealand early, early this morning, and their 6-0 win against New Zealand. So, always got to root for the baby Nats. Uh, but, uh, this is a team that's struggling. Uh, I mean, players like Jorim Mavisian, uh, I mean, these are he's a player that usually has a strong season, but he's only got four goals and uh, a who-scored rating of 6.3. which is the lowest out of any of the regulars um, on the team. So uh, I feel like that's their, their team is definitely struggling. I definitely want to look out for Joel Plata as well. He's had a bit of a rough season as well. Only two goals and one assist, but uh, anything can happen. Uh, But I still feel like that even with our depth issues, I still feel like that Dallas is the stronger team just because they have they have been struggling in front of gold. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is. I'm I'm still trying to. Uh, I'm still trying to comprehend that we have so little depth in the back because I forgot about Minor Figueroa. I'm still I'm still struggling with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned uh, Plata. And that's a that's one of the key matchups for this week. Uh, him versus Atiba Harris, which I think is gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Uh, Atiba Harris will will shift centrally, is what's noted here, and have to stop the veteran Plata, who has goals in two straight matches. So I think that's gonna be a tough matchup. Also, uh, Maxi uh, versus Chris Schuler, uh, Schuler. Will see us for the first time this season after sitting out the first match on suspension. So that's going to be another tough matchup. I think we're going to see Maxi with a goal this game, uh, and we've been Easy. calling this, been calling this for a while now. Uh, but will we see Christian Coleman's first goal? I almost don't want to say anything
1: because I don't want to jinx the guy. I feel like the more often we say it, the it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> I agree. I but agree. Matt's been on a little bit of a goal-scoring drought, which we knew was going to happen at some point. Right. So uh, this game against Salt Lake could be the opportunity uh, for them to uh, for them to re-spark it. I'm expecting a big game out of Carlos though. Because of the center-back depth issue, I feel like that Guerreza will be playing a little bit deeper to Uh, to play a little bit more of a recovery position uh, because, I mean, obviously because we'll be playing either a rookie who's played 90 minutes of professional soccer and a winger that was converted into a fullback that's now being converted into a center back uh, or we'll be playing a rookie who's played 90 minutes and a homegrown player who's played uh, 100, I, I think 180 minutes this season. So I'm expecting Carlos Guerrezo to... Uh, I'm expecting a big defensive game out of him. I'm expecting him be for him to be all over the place. All right. I agree.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. A uh, couple of key notes here. Goals conceded. We've, we've conceded nine. Real Salt Lake has conceded 29. Uh, that adds a two in front of that nine. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> we look at... Um, Total goals though uh, they've got thirteen, we've got fifteen, so I think they're they can score, but it's a matter of them being able to stop people, and that's what where they I think run into their issues is on their defense. So this is going to be a bounce back game for us. I think uh, I'm going to say one. I'm going to say one nothing. I don't think it's going to be too high scoring, but I think we're going to finish out the game one nothing and and get the win.
1: I'm going to say 2-1. I cannot see us getting a clean sheet this weekend Uh, with our depth issues. I frankly don't trust Walker Hume at all. Uh, He's only – I mean granted he's only played 90 minutes, but that 90 minutes has concerned me. Plus I've seen him in training a few times, and I I wasn't a big fan of what I saw. I feel like he has a whole lot of development that needs to be done, and I feel like that he would really – honestly, I think he would benefit from a loan to Oklahoma. But, obviously, we're not in that position right now to loan a defender out. But, uh, I feel like for next season, I see Walker Hume being loaned out to Oklahoma City. Because, I feel like that he has a whole lot of development that needs to be done.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Now, let's, let's talk about this. So, Javier Morales, who came over to us from Real Salt Lake. He did not play at all in the previous game uh, with with injuries with uh, people being caught up will he play this game will he start this game I don't think he's going to start but I think he will play
1: I disagree I don't think I don't think he's going to play at all now that Mario Diaz is back and Mario Diaz is going to be on the bench why would he make it into the game whenever you have Maro Diaz on the bench ready to dispose when they play the exact same position yeah yeah
0: and with you the amount of depth
1: that we have, the only player that we lost is Tesho. Tesho has started about half the game so you have Roland Lamont Michael Barrios, Christian Coleman, uh, Maxi Rudy, Maro Diaz, Ryan Hollingshead, uh, Javier Morales there's too much depth in the attack for Javier Morales to get into the game from what I just from what I just numbered out he's about number six or number seven right now.
0: Wow. Well, he probably won't be getting into the game. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, on on a happy note on this game, Dak Prescott, if you don't know who he is, he, he, you're crazy because he's the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> quarterback and the Cowboys are always in the news. But he's going to serve as the honorary scarfer uh, for this match versus Real Salt Lake. So he'll be there. Hopefully, me and Preston may be running to him. Um, hopefully, we can
1: That'd be uh, awesome. stay with
0: him. That would be pretty cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be there in the building in, uh, this match.
1: So, looking forward to that. Can I just uh, say something on that, real quick? Yep. I love how Dak Prescott has really accepted and has really been supporting FC Dallas. Being the quarterback for America's team, the biggest brand, the biggest sporting brand in the world, and being their star quarterback. And go into games and like really promoting FC Dallas through his social media. That's gonna I feel like that's gonna be a very strong partnership down the road, like for the next several years and could actually help sell out the stadium. Something that Dallas has really struggled to do. Even yeah. whenever a quarter of the stadium is closed off due to renovations. Because Dak is the Scarfer, there is a good chance that this game may be sold out. A game against the worst team in the league may get sold out. Let that. <laughs> could
0: possibly happen. Um, one game I went to also. Uh, Brian Jones was there. Uh, I'm not sure what he what he actually did while he was there, but Dax been been twice, so I think as his popularity continues to rise, which is it's going to be through the roof, and uh, if he continues to come. And maybe other cowboys continue to come as well. That is going to be huge. That's going to be huge for FC Dallas. And you're right. That that puts that puts uh, FC Dallas in 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 a positive light. And hopefully, we will see some some games sold out. I mean, that's what we that's what we desire to see. So uh, big ups big ups to uh, Dak Prescott for being involved in in Dallas sports, especially FC Dallas.
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, that well, I think having the, the practice facility down the road, uh, I think that's going to be a good asset for FC Dallas.
0: Yeah, and it's literally right down the street. I mean, they could come over after practice. They can come over after training camp, uh, whatever it may be. It's not far away at all, and some of them may even live in Frisco, so...
1: For sure, and the good thing awesome. is, I mean, the good thing is that we know we know for sure that Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett listen to our podcast. So, Dak, uh, invite Dez, invite Zeke, uh, just bring just bring the just bring the whole crew out, to come to this game. We'd love to have you promote us, promote FC Dallas, please, please Definitely. help us. Save bring
0: you. bring the whole offensive line. You know they they love you so bring them
1: under John Deere's that, that Z got show. <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dropping down the tollway and John Deere's, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as we conclude and get towards the end of the show, we wanted to go through and, and grade some of the additions that we have made to the team, the newcomers. Uh, we did this earlier on in, in our, uh, in, uh, probably a couple of months ago. I'm not sure. I don't remember what our grades were, but we'll go through it again because I think that is uh, that is important as we're getting further along in the season. Players are improving. So first one, uh, Roland Lamar. Uh, I was very hard on him. I think I gave him a D uh, or a D minus or something uh, of that nature. <laughs> um, I-, I would say I'm going to bump it up to to a solid C+. I think he gets bumped up a grade. I think this goal has helped him. But also, in the games that I've seen, I haven't seen him make any major mistakes that have cost the game. Uh, I think early on, he seemed he was still trying to feel his way. Still trying to figure out what he was doing. But, I think with this goal in, in the match versus uh, Chicago, I think that's that's kind of a a precursor on what we're going to see and what's to come and uh, I think a C is, is fair for him I think he's been average not great not bad but right there in the middle you know Lamar
1: along with one other player that we'll get to later he's been one of the toughest to grade because at times he's been so frustrating but at times he's put out some solid passes obviously he got that goal and also trying to remind myself that he didn't play for six or eight months because of the fact that he was he was out of contract and without and without a team. So I'm going with a C-, minus uh, because he did get that goal, and we're starting to see a little bit more sparse in him. His touch still needs some work. Uh, I feel like that whenever he dribbles, his, his touch takes a little bit too carried away, and he loses the ball too often. Uh, if he tidies that up, he could be a solid player in this league. But uh, I worry that the pace is too quick for him.
0: Yeah. Um, So we're we're both kind of along the same lines right there. I gave him a C, you gave him a minus. C-. Let's go to Hernan Grana. I think he's been a great addition. Um, Now, I would say this. I don't know early on we we were we were extremely excited about what he was doing as of late uh, I'm not I don't know if he's been as uh, as successful or as much of a kind of name caller that, that we can put out there uh, but he's got two assists on the year uh, he's got one shot on goal one shot and uh, I think he I think though know, he has been a great addition to the team and for him he's he's uh, started nine games, played in nine games, and I'm going to say a B. Uh, I think he's been a pretty pretty huge addition to the team.
1: I'm going with an A-. I have fallen in love with Hernan Grana. I think he's been a revelation to this team, and I think a reason why we haven't talked about him as much is because Michael Barrios has been playing so well, and the reason why he's been playing so well is because Grana has been uh, providing the service to him. Uh, a lot of these a lot of these assists that Michael Barrios has had, uh, let me pull it up. Uh, Barrios, uh, well, technically he has one assist, but he's been, uh, Barrios has been a huge impact to the team this year. And that couldn't have been done without the long balls that Grana has been laying off to him. And uh, defensively, I feel like Grana is a lot more solid than Atiba Harris, who played right back uh, pretty consistently last season uh, I feel like that overall he was a massive improvement to uh, to what was there last year yeah
0: definitely I think it's definitely been an upgrade from, from what we had last year I agree with you on that alright so do you want to go with Christian Coleman now or do you want to do him later
1: uh, <laughs> let's, do it. let's do it
0: let's go ahead and do it okay so uh, to me, this is the hardest guy to to give a grade to because it's not like he's not playing hard. it's not like he's not putting in the work. We're just not seeing the results that we are expecting for him to deliver uh so it it is difficult to to grade him. I think he's I think he's making strides so I am gonna say he has improved since the beginning of the year to now. Almost had a goal in this past game, so I think I'm going to give him. I think I give him a B minus. I think he's. I think last last time I think I gave him a C. I think I'll bump him up to a B minus or so. And I think he's right there. We say it every week, and I think it is because he is close, and he just needs that. He just needs that next kind of lift or bump to to get that first goal.
1: I'm going with the hunch that Christian Coleman right now is the unluckiest player in the league. Uh, he's <laughs> doing
0: everything,
1: he's doing everything else right, but the end product just is not there. Um, I agree with you that he's improved. I feel like that he was. I feel like that offensively he was one of the best players on the field against Houston. I normally I was I've been okay with Coleman getting subbed off, uh, but I feel like that he should have played the full 90 minutes. On Sunday, I feel like that he was close to getting a couple of goals, and I feel like that once he gets that first MLS goal, I think he's just going to explode. Uh, I'm hoping so at least. But uh, his work rate is improving uh, with each game. He, I think, getting that t- those several games on the bench and watching what Maxi does, I think, has actually benefited him, and I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to see that grow with each game. I want to see more work out of him. Uh, I want to see that toughness. He's a big guy. I want to see him use his body more and uh, obviously being able to convert these chances. So I'm going with a solid C. Okay.
0: All right. I think that's uh, I think really any grade is fair for him just because he has not, uh, he, he had the results aren't there, so you could really go either way. You could go, you know, like a C. You could go C minus. You could go B. Uh, it's just a matter of how you feel. I think with him, uh, the, the next guy, uh, Anibal Chala, who hasn't actually played we can't even, the game, we can't grade him. <laughs> you can't even grade him. Yeah, I mean he's he's a newcomer, but we haven't even seen him yet. So I think you know, back in school, I think you got. Uh, what was that called? Incomplete? Incomplete yeah he's got an eye we haven't seen what we need to see yet so he's got an eye we will this will be like continued uh, on to next year so we'll see what happens Uh, next Javier Morales which I think is it's another guy that's pretty hard to grade because he hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of run that we can you know put down on paper and say he's done this or he's done that um, let me
1: see how many minutes. And I have it right here. He's he started four games, came on came off the bench twice, and has played three hundred and twenty five minutes. He's got one goal. So j- just with
0: that alone, I think you, you have to give him a C. Uh, I just don't think we've we, we've seen enough. And a lot of it's because, like you said, at that position with uh, Mario Diaz coming back. And I think with the depth also there that it's, we're not going to see in playing long periods of time unless something happens. So I think a C, C plus I'll give him a C
1: plus. I'm going to be harsher than you. I'm going with D I'm going with a D. Okay. Uh, because whenever he has played, uh, Dallas, I mean, obviously we love the speed that Barrios has that Lama has that Chalo was supposed to have. Um, we love having a lot of pace in our game and javier morales is the complete opposite of, of pace and you can't blame him for that because he's 37 but he is i feel like that he's just slowed the game down and uh i feel like that his style of play has been counterproductive to dallas's system and we know we all know that he's been a stopgap until diaz returns and now that diaz is back we're not going to see much of him. We'll probably end up seeing him in the U S open cup and throughout that run. But other than that, I, I feel like that he's been a bit of a letdown. I would have much rather have had Mar, Mar- Rosales, uh, for 15 minutes a game, uh, like we did last season.
0: Yeah, I, I would, I agree with that. I, I would, would have, we yeah, definitely wanted him in the place of Morales. Now is there anybody else that you wanted to go over? I think that's all the newcomers Uh,
1: We have Carlos Cermeno, which uh, he's another one that uh, I'd give an incomplete. Frankly I don't understand why uh, he hasn't gotten more game time because whenever he has played I feel like that he's had quite a bit to offer and I've actually enjoyed watching him play Um, I'm hoping that he'll get more game time as the season wears on but as a player who's in on loan, uh, I've been wishing that Perea has played him more because I've I thought that he had quite a bit to offer, uh, both offensively and defensively.
0: Yeah. Now, do you do you think that's a trust thing? You, do you think maybe he
1: doesn't trust uh, Carlos yet, or uh, I just what, think a lot. I think a lot of depth. I mean, your two starting midfielders are Kellen Acosta and Carlos Grazo. After that, you have Victor Yola, who is basically Oscar Pereja's son. Uh, he puts that much trust in him. Uh, and then you have Carlos Armenio. And then you have Jicori Hayes. So, yeah. there's, I mean, there's plenty of depth in central midfield, but uh, you have, you probably have the best defensive midfielder and the best box-to-box midfielder in the league and then you have a homegrown player who's been there for five or six years, so it's it's gonna be tough to break into the team that way. Yeah, yeah, and and
0: bearing any type of injury, and hope that that doesn't happen. But I think that's the only way we're really gonna see some significant time for him. So. Those are all the new additions. We're giving the grades there. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, we've got a game Saturday, 7 p.m. Real Salt Lake. That's going to be going down. Me and Preston will be in the building. One other thing I did want to touch on. Um, so 5, 2, and 5, 20 points are uh, third in the Western Conference. Also in the power rankings, we dropped down to third. Um, I like looking at the power rankings, but Power rankings don't win championships, don't win uh, the supporter shield, but I think it's fun to see where your team is. I don't know. Do you pay that much attention to it?
1: They're fun to look at, but I don't put much weight in them at all because at the end of the day, uh, Dallas's goal is the MLS Cup. That's that's it. They could probably care less if they defend the supporter shield. Uh, they still have the highest points per game in the West. The only team that's really ahead of them is Toronto uh and maybe i can't remember who's second place in the east right now but uh the u.s open cup yeah they're gonna want to defend that but at the end of the day they're gonna get they're gonna want to get into the mls cup and as long as they stay within the top six in the west they're gonna be fine i don't see dallas dropping out of the top six anytime soon so uh as long as they can get into the playoffs and get uh and get like the home advantage Uh, whether that be throughout the knockout stages or uh, secure home field advantage by getting a first round by. Uh, so really what they're looking at is getting a top, a, a top three or top four spot in the West. So uh, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet.
0: Yeah, I agree. I know that was a, that was a lot of, a lot of Twitter reaction, a lot of um, frustration. Should we panic? Should we not? I don't think we need to panic. So, Dallas uh, you know FC Dallas fans do not panic do not worry I think we're gonna be just fine uh and you said who's I think you said who's second in the east that's uh Chicago fire uh, who's second and um
1: can, we just, can we just stop that for a second because uh, I remember at the start of the season we were talk- we were talking about our way too early projections and I projected Chicago was gonna get into the playoffs and you freaked out on me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, now granted, Basti has
0: made a huge contribution to the yes, he has. I think they are where they are. And yeah, I did
1: not factor that. I did not think Him about and Dax that at McCarty. all. Him and Dax McCarty have been unbelievable in the midfield. Yeah. They have been they've been a joy to watch this season, which says quite a bit for a team that's been so bad for several years. <laughs> right. Chicago has done it right this offseason. So, massive props to them.
0: Yes. And LA Galaxy, I was really, really strong on them not making the playoffs. They right now have that sixth spot, uh, one point above Vancouver. They are 5-5-2. Five, five, and two. So, I'm still leaning towards not making the playoffs, but... Who knows? Uh, most of my predictions are incorrect. I so We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, thank you everybody for tuning in. Make sure that uh, you download the All In Sports Talk app if you haven't. Also, the show like I said is on SoundCloud and share, share this show, share it with your friends, share it with a fan, share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you uh, use social media. Please share it. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We got a great game coming up. And I'm Ben. This is Preston.
1: Y'all have a good one.